0: You're listening to the Tool Station Western League podcast with Ian Knockholds and Tom Hiscott. Welcome, listeners, to episode 12 of the Tool Station Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockolds, and I am delighted to be joined on the line by the editor of the Tool Station Western League bulletin. It is Mr. Tom Hiscott. Hello, Tom. How are you? Yeah, good Monday to you. Happy Monday. I'm doing all right. And you? Oh, I'm not bad. I cool. am. I'm not bad. Um, keep on keeping on. As. Uh, <laughs> As the saying goes, the weather's got a lot colder, hasn't it, Tom? It has it suddenly turned. I think it was Saturday morning. I think
1: I went out on a little, little wander, and suddenly was, um, yeah, kind of regretting not having hat and gloves. But I'd not needed that for for months, so I don't know where that had come from. But yeah, seems to have uh,
0: taken a turn. <laughs> it certainly does. The big footballing coat has come out. It's big mm, footballing it coat has. weather, listeners. Yeah. That's you know, yep. don't worry about any blooming weather forecasts on the telly. Is it? Well, all you need to know is, is it big footballing coat weather? We are, and a special. One of those. Oh, very much so. Yeah. very much so. Um, now, I thought of you this weekend. Oh, in a good way, it, bad way. Well, wasn't there a big um, NFL game at the oh. um, Tottenham Hotspur uh, Stadium? They did play there yesterday. Yeah, Yeah. because you've been known to go to those occasions, haven't you?
1: I have over the years. Yeah, yeah, been to quite a few. I think I don't know how many, like five or six, maybe something like that.
0: Yeah. Did you 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 chose to stay at home and watch it yeah. in the comfort of your own?
1: Uh, I watched a little bit of it yesterday, but yeah, not been been able to, not been made made it over this year, so uh, yeah, stayed away.
0: (laughs) So who is your team? Who is your NFL team? My team is
1: the Minnesota Vikings, who aren't having the best of seasons, so-so, middle of the pack, you'd probably say. So... Nothing, nothing special. I don't think you got many. Uh,
0: don't, don't think we got many hopes for the season, to be honest. So uh, it is what it is. Well, oh, well, never mind. Well, I mean, <laughs> I think that was we, you know, and I'm very conscious that once a year we do normally indulge your interest oh, yeah. in, in American football, but I mean, I think we'll probably leave it there as the sort of the listeners switch off in in droves. I was going to say, I hope they don't. <laughs> but, you know, they probably they might. <laughs> um, we have got obviously um, plenty of football um, to discuss on this week's. Um, podcast we're going to kick things off though tom on friday night aren't we we, we do like our friday mm. night football and we we have been sort of treated to it and um there was a, a a big game in the first division between canesham town and um radstock town now of course if radstock town the miners won this game uh then um, then they would go top of the first division how did they get on tom
1: they did just that. Yeah, exactly. A lot of, uh, yeah, big, big, uh, big carrot dangling for them. And they, uh, yeah, they managed to come away with the victory that did move them into, uh, yeah, did move them into top spot. Uh, a 3-1 victory. Uh, they came into the game uh, with a 10-game unbeaten run under the belt. So they would have been uh, full of confidence. And, uh, yeah, they were two goals ahead inside 11 minutes. So, they were, yeah, really, really started brightly. Jacob Reeder scoring twice. And, uh, yeah, really... Um, yeah, put 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 Cainsham in their place a little bit uh there was a a, a first half stoppage time penalty then for me and Jeffrey that extended the lead made it three goals to nil at half time and uh despite losing their clean sheet late on it was um yeah it was Radstock who uh, took
0: took home the three points and as you say moved uh moved into top spot on friday evening uh, now for those of you who follow um, western league football on social media you may well have noticed that Radstock have been um winning the social media war of late. They've been producing some outstanding um, outputs, some great video footage, some really enjoyable um, videos with um, um, some familiar faces. Uh, um, Obviously, regular listeners to the podcast will know about Ray Johnson. I'm sure those of you who've been keen Western League watchers and have got to Southfields over the years will be familiar with the likes of Cy Wilkinson as well, of course, the club chairman. But um, all of these fantastic characters are being brilliantly captured on social media, and I'm I'm very happy um, to plug as we do of course we've you know we've been always happy to plug Roland Millworld and um, of course some um, Piran films as well but I've got a new name for you to conjure with listeners it's blue orange for business they're the ones behind the excellent um, footage so if you haven't had a look at it do do find redstock on Facebook or um, um, Twitter or whatever it's called now X and um, and give, give them uh, X marks the spot and X. give them um, give it a look because it's it's really good stuff. It's good fun as well. And um, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's always it's always nice to see really good quality content coming from the tool station. Uh, now, we uh, will look uh, at the games that were played on um, Saturday, the 14th of October, of course, starting in the Premier Division. And normally we start, obviously, with the football um, today we're going to start with a game that didn't get um, played it was Torpoint Athletic they were due to take on um, Barnstable Town and again for those of you who follow Western League Football on social media I'm sure you will have seen the statement um, that was released by Barnstable Town on Friday was when I saw it um, explaining why that game with Torpoint had been um, had been postponed Bill wilson um the chairman of barnstable town um was very kind to welcome me to his football club last season where we did a bucket collection with with mind and as with so many people i'm fortunate enough to meet through the tool Station western league podcast and um, bill is a man who i've kept up with he's a fascinating individual a real tour de force he was the first person i got in touch with when i when i read the news Um, because um, I know he's a man who takes his responsibilities at the club very seriously, and he's somebody that I wanted to offer my support um, in a difficult time. Um, Bill wanted an opportunity to come on to this week's podcast to thank the Toolstation Station Western League community and the wider football family for the support they've shown to his club. Now, I'm sure there'll be many people who are listening to me talking about this, having got a clue what um, the issue is about here. Um, So we will start the interview with me reading the statement that the club issued on Friday uh, explaining why the decision had been taken um, to postpone that game. It is with great sadness um, that we are sorry to say that the club has suffered a bereavement this week where the young child of one of our senior players has died. Uh, We have therefore chosen to postpone this weekend's fixture at Torpoint as a gesture of respect. That was obviously the public face of of what was going on at the club what was what was from your perspective as chairman what was going on behind the scenes
2: it's been an incredibly tough week uh with one thing and another and um we were actually playing on tuesday night at cheddar in the les phillips cup and uh harry is actually injured at the moment and um he didn't play the game but turned up obviously and um um he got a phone call half an hour into the game to say that his daughter had been called into hospital again. And um he obviously asked me if he could go early and I said yes of course. And um the next morning it was the really, really sad news which is hit us all really badly and um you know, although he was only signed by myself, um in the summer I met his wife and little baby when he signed at a hotel in Bridgewater. And, um, so it's, it's, it's really got to me personally as well. And everyone else at the club, the players in particular is a very intelligent young man. Um, he's 31 years old. He's a teacher. He, he sort of became involved very quickly and integrated very well. And everybody likes him. And, um, you know it's just it's just so sad i mean we've all experienced things before in the game i've had a recent uh, sad news as well with someone else but when it's a baby it, this is the first it's it's ever happened like this and it just kind of hits even harder really and uh, yeah we've we've had a tough time but i i would like to if i may um, thank all the clubs and the league um who have been Absolutely phenomenal, really. Um, to a point, we were extremely sensitive and and accommodating and the league handled it very well. They got back to our secretary within two hours um, of us asking for advice. And um, all the clubs on Saturday either had a minute's silence or a minute's uh, applause. and. Um, um, we're we quite touched really and um, I have to mention our neighbours Ilfricum, who turned up um, the team turned up on Saturday morning they were playing away at Wellington and they turned up before they left and all brought a bunch of flowers each and um, they've been placed on the ground at the moment until Saturday but uh, I'd just like to thank Ilfricum. Um, the chairman and Tony of course are well known in the league and, We may have rivalry, but this is when football's brought together and we've had clubs from the league, the south-west, and even further afield. Um, It's been remarkable, actually, how this has touched everybody. You never know what to do for the best. It's the first time I've been in this situation and um, you don't know what to do. and You just ask people around you for advice. We had an emergency board meeting, obviously, um, to discuss what should be done and we've asked the league for advice they've been really helpful really helpful and um, we cancelled training obviously on Thursday and the game on Saturday and we've got a game at home this Saturday in the FA of ours and it'll be strange I just know it'll be strange it won't be the normal local Devon big derby in the FA Vars which would have been an extremely fantastic game to look forward to and, and something tells me it, it's going to be a little sad as well and uh, it's times like this when the result becomes academic where uh, the things are more important in life and uh, when it's a young young child like this it just, it just hurts
0: It's very difficult to take any Positives from this incredibly challenging experience, but I guess one of the things that we can reflect upon from what you've said, Bill, is the fact that, like any family, the football family comes together at these incredibly difficult times. And whilst nobody would wish to be in your position, I guess with the decisions that you've had to make and the position that the club finds itself in, it sounds like that support has been absolutely invaluable.
2: Yes, um, you know the job of a chairman is to lead, guide, try and keep everybody happy which isn't always possible and and in this case is to do the right thing. Well there's no guidance as to tell you what to do, um, you can only follow your logic, common sense, reason and um, you know even down to speaking to Harry himself you know it, it's just you know, they wanted to be left alone, and you have to respect that. Uh, uh, and yet, there are things that have to be decided, and you don't want to decide on the wrong thing. We will be having a minute's applause on Saturday before the game, and the players will be wearing uh, special t shirts and things like that. And it'll be sad, you know. I think Harry might be at the game, actually, and I'll, I'll obviously stand next to him and, and support him all I can. It, it, it is an incredible response from the football world um, even at you know higher levels. We've had a, an amazing response from clubs and sympathy um, which has overwhelmed us a bit um, but in a nice way. You can only do what you can do and guide people and try and keep a lid on everything and keep some common sense and reason to it all and um, hopefully time uh, they say is a great healer, but in this case, it's it's life changing for Harry and his wife, and um, it's something they'll they'll never forget.
0: I think it's very difficult for anybody listening to this not to be moved, but, and obviously thinking of of Harry and his family at this time. But I think you make a very important point that obviously, for obvious reasons, they want to be to be left alone. I mean, I've I've been, I'm sure you know you've talked about being overwhelmed. I've been overwhelmed by the by the reaction that the statement that you made has received from across not only the Toolstation Western League but across the footballing family. I guess if there are people listening um, to this interview, Bill, who would like to send their condolences and, and share the fact that that your club and um, are in their thoughts, is it best to direct those messages of support um, to Barnstable Town Football Club?
2: Yes, I think so. I've been bombarded with support and... Um Comments and texts and emails, um, which has taken over the last week. Um, I don't mind that in the least, obviously. And um, the Ilfricum gesture has just moved me so much. I could hardly leave a message for their chairman. I tried to call him, and um, I was struggling. It's um, especially when I'd met the little baby myself when he signed. You know, it's it's all kind of relevant to the whole event and what's happened and um, you know I just want to thank everybody everybody in the game and the people and the clubs that have shown gestures and support and even things on uh, is it called Twitter these days I don't go on social media myself but um, I've been told by my fellow directors and supporters you know how overwhelming it is and um, even Mousehold, you know last year's champions We're very close to them. A lovely club, well run. They they did an amazing gesture as well. So I I would like to thank everybody, um, everybody for your support. And um, you know, hopefully um, we can carry on. But um, the results become a bit academic now, and everything. And you know, it's it's um, put things into perspective. But. well, Saturday. It, I, I, I'm looking forward to it being out of the way. Uh, I think it's going to be a very sad day, but you know, for the fans, it's a big day. FA Vase is a big occasion. It's a big game for us, um, and and the boys are kind of. We've a great group of boys at the club. I, I have to say, we've built a, a good squad, and um, they all want to win for Harry's little baby, and that's what he would like. Um, and it's amazing that someone dying so young has such a big, huge impact um, with her with short life into bringing people together. And um, I'll say a few words on Saturday um, on the microphone before kickoff and hopefully it'll bring people into realizing what life's about and family and getting on with people rather than confrontation. You know, it's, it's been an interesting few days and brought a lot of people together that maybe weren't as close before. So, you know, it's a tough time for football clubs, especially at this level, level four down, step four down. I think it's very tough for clubs surviving. You hear all sorts of things. Um, and um, hopefully, you know, things like this can help in, in one way or another.
0: And I know um, at this difficult time insult was added to injury because of um, reports uh, on social media about the club's um, financial position and I I, I know that's um, an accusation that you vehemently um, challenge.
2: You wouldn't believe it but it all happened on the same day. So the news on the Wednesday came through at exactly the same time when there were some scurrilous comments on social media, clearly from people that don't know what they're talking about. The club has no debts. It's easy when you can say that. It doesn't have any debts, largely thanks to myself, but um, there's no debts for the club, so we've nothing to worry about. We don't have any threats of winding up or anything like that because there aren't any debts. So I can categorically state that in public. Um, we're in a very healthy position you you know it it didn't help, and trying to deal with the two at the same time was oh damn me, it was just horrible. you didn't know what the next phone call was going to be uh, as to which which event that people were going to talk about, so it was a difficult balancing act. we decided to make that statement we had an emergency board meeting, and so we decided to make that statement just to clarify any concerns. Um, you won't be shocked to hear it's a government departments that are understaffed and the technicality of, um, of what's happened at Companies House uh, leading people to the rumour um, that don't understand business. Um, it's just the technicality that things that will be sorted out by the accountants. The accountants were dealing with it, they didn't even get a reply from Companies House. Um, because they're understaffed, it's it's uh, awful state affairs. I think the country's in a, a bad way and worse than what some people might realise. I deal with the NHS on a weekly basis because of my own health and um, I've experienced already this morning six phone calls when you get passed from one to the other and the message is that we're understaffed, we might take up to five working days to get back to you and they never do, so it, it, this is what seems to be happening with government departments at the moment, so um the accountants have got it in, in hand, it's just a submission of accounts
0: you you not re- you couldn't have been more crystal clear if um, if you if you'd wanted to um bill I, I had the pleasure of your company last season uh, when I came to your um your ground, and we did a collection we did a bucket collection for Devon Mind. Um, and we we spoke about um issues to do with mental health at the time, and I guess that particular cause that particular issue is is more important to your club than than ever now where you know from the playing staff all the way through to your supporters and I have to say that I've been talking about your supporters ever since on the podcast. I thought they were an absolutely fantastic bunch. But I guess the problem of having such passionate fans is that when your club is hurting like you obviously are now, that hurt is felt all the way through and it will be be felt by your supporters as well.
2: Very much so. We have a fantastic bunch. Uh, We have a hardcore that follow us away. Um, We have a great relationship. We sometimes share the team bus and get a bigger coach to get some more fans. We, we sort of have have this sort of routine of um, they greet our players home and away and at the end of the game we go over to the fans and thank them for the support. And we, we've got some amazing supporters. I mean, we've got... Um, I think he's in his 80s and uh, he rings me regularly. He doesn't always... Be able to get to a game, but he rings me regularly. He knows all the players' names and who they are and what they are. And he can't get to away games, but he was the first to phone. Is um, um, I won't mention his name here, but is probably our oldest and uh, most distinguished supporter. And then you've got your fans that that are there every week, home and away. Uh, and the supporters that are at home games. Um I've been absolutely inundated with with gestures of um you know support really and uh yeah everyone's feeling it. Everybody's mm-hmm. feeling it. And uh you can probably tell in my voice, I'm not my usual bouncy self. Um it's it, it hurt me a bit. And trying to lead sometimes is all very well, but you get your own moments in private when you feel it, and you get another gesture, you know. Which Saturday morning was, you know. I'm sorry, it's the third time I've mentioned it, but Iltracum turning up on Saturday morning was amazing, absolutely amazing, and uh, we thank them for that.
0: Yeah, well, I think you're going to be in everybody's thoughts um, at the weekend, um, Bill, and um, you know we obviously. Keep everything crossed that you get the, um, the right result at home to um, Oakhampton, Argyle, for, for lots of reasons. Obviously, the ones we've, we've talked about today. N- normally, um, I make a point of these interviews on the podcast being more upbeat. But I think that everybody will appreciate why we've adopted the tone that we have today, and I think they will also appreciate the very powerful message um, that you've been able to share with us. And I'm pleased that the league and, obviously, other clubs, in particular Ilfracombe and, of course, Torpoint, um, have been so supportive of you in your hour of need. And Bill, you know, on behalf of all the listeners, we really are all here for you.
2: Well, thank you. Um, hopefully. Later in the season, I can come on again and uh, be a little bit more normal and um, depending on how the season progresses, we're, we're obviously in the list of clubs that I think there's seven or eight that are competing for the top five positions, which the playoffs make it a very interesting season in that you've got to play right to the end and every result's looked at. Um, so at least that's an improvement this season, and hopefully we can still keep in touch with the leading pack and um, and, and and move on. Uh, as for Harry, whether he comes back to play or he doesn't come back to play, it's too early to have that conversation, you know. And we will respect whatever he decides to do. But maybe in two or three months or whatever, um, I can come back on again and. And uh, be, be in a more positive frame of mind.
0: My thanks to Bill for his time, and if anybody listening to that interview um, has found the issues that were discussed difficult or challenging, then um, in as part of our ongoing. Um, relationship with mind Uh, and in recognition of last week's World Mental Health Day there is a page on our Toolstation Western League website which details the contact information for the local mine charities that we've been working with over the last three seasons, and also um, other support systems that the the league um, is working to put in place for clubs and for for people involved in the league who who are who are finding a challenge with their mental health. So, if if that's you, then please um, please take a look at that uh, information. Uh, uh, and hopefully uh, you'll get some um, help and support and advice um, for that uh, on a very challenging issue. Right. Um, we will return to the football and we're going to kick things off with a seven goal thriller mm. between Buckland Athletic and Saltash United and, and Buckland Athletic at Buckland Athletic time getting back to winning ways.
1: Yeah, they did. And I think this probably was starting with the most uh, most dramatic game of the, of the weekend, I would say. Four, three victory for them. Uh, in front of a very healthy crowd. There was plenty of um, plenty of fans out like other Premier Division games on, on Saturday. I think that was something to note from uh, from the league as a whole. But, yeah, 245 uh, down at home Heath. And, uh, yeah, as you say, a seven-goal thriller. Uh, Buckland coming out on top. They did fall behind very early on, so I hope, uh, I hope the big crowd got in early. Uh, Kieran O'Malley are putting Saltash ahead after just three minutes uh, before Buckland then hit back. Uh, they led uh, led at half-time. It was Kieran Bridger who, uh, who put them 2-1 up after an earlier own goal. Uh, there was then a, a penalty midway through the second half, which was uh, converted by Ben Carter, uh, putting Buckland three-one up. And probably at that moment, you thought the uh, game might might be done and dusted. But yeah, Soltash, you've, uh, have as we keep commenting, have had a had a tricky, tricky. I think it's probably longer than a tricky start now, isn't it? It's a tricky spell that they've had to uh, had to uh, endure. But uh, yeah, they came back into it, and full credit to them. They uh, uh, no no sooner had Jordan Ewing headed them. Uh, one goal behind. They then got back on level terms. Uh, a spot kick of their own uh, converted by Ewing. That was with the, the next attack after he'd already uh, pulled one back. Uh, so that made it 3-3, setting up the dramatic finale. And uh, fortunately for the hosts, it was they who, who scored that decisive seventh goal. And it was uh, it was Josh Grant finding the back of the net three minutes from time. Uh, so goals at the start, goals at the end. Uh, yeah, uh,
0: an afternoon of, uh, of entertainment. But it was Buckland who ran out four free winners. Now, moving on to what must have been one of the biggest upsets of the day. High-flying Falmouth Town took on Shepton Mallet. Shepton Mallet, uh, they, they've looked a shadow of their, mm. of their former selves. I mean, we, we heard from Aaron Sevier on last week's podcast. We understand that this is a season of transition. Well, that transition seems to have happened remarkably quickly. <laughs> a monstrous crowd of 396 yep. saw this, and I don't think that the home fans were expecting what Shepton delivered.
1: No, absolutely. They were absolutely stunned. First half, I think. Uh, three goals to the good, Shepton uh, found themselves at the break. Uh, a, a pretty early goal from Charlie Bates, and he's having a great season for Mallet, even though, obviously, as you say, they're not probably up in the in the lofty heights that they'd hoped for. But yeah, uh, Charlie Bates, as I say, putting them, putting them one up. Uh, it was then an own goal, another own goal on, on Saturday that doubled Mallet's advantage. Uh, and then it was, yeah, as I say, three goals three goals to nil. Jacob Sloggett tucking home a penalty. Uh, five minutes before half-time to uh, to put them freehead, uh, but Falmouth, in fact, did have a chance to to trim that gap themselves uh, from the spot just a couple of moments later. So uh, the ref uh, going down the other end and giving a penalty to to the host as well, but uh, that was denied by Tom Roberts, uh, making making the save and uh, that kept it three three nil at halftime, uh, and that potentially proved pretty pretty, uh, pretty crucial. Uh, Jacob Grange. Uh, pulling a goal back uh, pretty late on, to be fair, for Falmouth. And, uh, yeah, they suffered just a second league defeat of the campaign. So Mallet running out 3-1 winners away at Falmouth.
0: Now, two teams that find themselves at the wrong end of the table are Wellington and Ilfracoom. Wellington buoyed by a recent victory over Welton Rovers. Ilfracoon have also seen an uptick in their results of late. So this was, this was always going to be a big game um, for both sides. But it was the side from Devon that won out on the day, Tom.
1: Yeah, it was, and uh, they had to had to come from behind to do so. Uh, and it was one man in particular that that shone for Ilfrakoom, and that was Dan Wilson, uh, scoring a hat trick in in this comeback victory, a 3-1 win in the end for for them uh, at Wellington. Uh, but as as I said, they did they did fall behind in this one. Ryan Brereton driving the uh, the Somerset and, uh, Somerset side into a a 15th minute lead, uh, but then uh, Ilfrakoom hitting back on on the half hour mark, um, that was obviously Wilson's first of the afternoon. Uh, his second then came from the spot just prior to half time, so that completed their turnaround uh, in a pretty entertaining first half, made it made it two one to to Ilfrakum out at the break, uh, and then yeah, right at the beginning of the second half, so a, a real good, um, a real good moment around the around the half time period for the away side. Uh, Wilson uh, adding his third, uh, completing his hat trick, and that was how it stayed. So yeah, an important victory for Ilfracom uh, by three goals to one away at Wellington.
0: And finally, in the Premier Division, um, Street took on New Boys Brixham. Brixham have been in incredible form of late, Tom, and that form continued on Saturday.
1: Yeah, it did a uh, two-goal win, a uh, two-nil win for them. Sorry, away at, away at Street, and uh, yeah, they have moved up. A, I think we're going to touch on the tables later, but they're up into uh, yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty tasty position. Uh, obviously, they uh, yeah have a have a had a decent season last time out, and uh, yeah, they've uh, kept five clean sheets on the bounce, which has really helped spearhead this. Uh, it's a good run. Uh, ben Aldus opening the scoring uh, inside the opening 10 minutes. And then it was Scott Robertson uh, just prior to halftime, uh, doubling Brixham's advantage. And uh, yeah, they held on uh, for the entirety of the second half. So a 2-0
0: win for them away at street. And now a message from our sponsors. Whatever the job, with over 25,000 products in stock and ready to go, you can click, collect and conquer at Toolstation. Now we'll kick off our first division roundup at Bradford Town, where the visitors were win Canton Town. A six-goal thriller here, Tom. Who was at the races?
1: <laughs> Everybody, by the by, the <laughs> sounds of it, it was a, yeah, an absolute thriller. And it was uh, it was uh, Bradford who uh, will probably go home happier. Obviously, they were at home, so they would have uh, would have gone into the game uh, going for going for the three points. But they did claw back a. Uh, a free all draw in the end. So yeah, the the, the goals were goals were shared. Uh, they uh, did go ahead in the in the sixth minute. Uh, Jack Whitcomb's uh, deflected strike uh, putting Bradford one up. Uh, but then uh, yeah, after uh, a flicked header from Matt Garner that made it one apiece. Uh, and then it was Garner again uh, scoring uh, to make it two one early in the second half. So Canton uh, had gone ahead at that stage. Uh, and then it was yeah. So uh, Garner was the uh, Definitely the star of the show for the Wasps, and uh, midway through the second half, he completed his hat trick. So the second man uh, that we've uh, we've noted had, uh, got got the uh, got the special treble uh, on the weekend, uh, and he made it three-one after 66 minutes. Uh, so Bradford definitely up against it at that point, uh, but they did have a little bit of time left, and uh, yeah, proved to be enough. Uh, Jordan Pinder uh, knocking home a penalty, uh, and then it was Sammy Jordan scoring the leveller. Uh, so uh, yeah, sharing the spoils, the top half sides there. So that was a very entertaining encounter between Bradford and Wincanton.
0: we move on to Cheddar and um, where the visitors rod down and um well there were times when this season when the when the down seemed to be on the down but now mm. they're on the up you could even say it was up the down
1: <laughs> definitely up the down and they are yeah they are in uh, yeah in prime four uh six six wins from seven uh so a, a three-one victory uh for them on the weekend at Cheddar uh, there was a couple of the usual suspects who uh, who fired them ahead. Uh, Milo Murgatroyd and Ben Millett, both scoring inside the opening 12 minutes. So, uh, uh, yeah, shooting out the blocks in this one. Uh, Cheddar did pull a goal back pretty soon after uh, Mike Busby. So that uh, added to the fast start to this one. Uh, but it was, uh, yeah, as I said, down who ran out winners again. And that was Millett uh, scoring his second. And, uh, yeah, six goals in four days for him. So, uh, yeah, an incredible week of... Uh, uh, Goal-scoring action from Millet, who scored four in the in the midweek win. So uh, yeah, uh, top stuff from the Bath side, who are, as I say,
0: in uh, yeah going really well going
1: really well at the moment.
0: Well, that was all the excuse I needed to get hold of Jason Mags, the manager of Odd Down, and uh, we had a chat about um, that great run of form that the club have been on. And we started off by reflecting on that win against Cheddar.
3: Looking at the conditions, Ian, because obviously it was a bit touch and go before the game. The referee did have a, a little wander across the pitch, and there was some uh, water on there. But fair play, he, he, he let the game go on and go ahead, as I should say. And um, I think we, uh, we adapted the conditions well. And three-one was probably a little bit flattering. I think we could have probably had three-one-on-ones as well. So you know, it could have been it could have been five, to be honest. But I'll take the three points, and we'll move on.
0: Because you've been on a very good run of form recently, haven't you? I mean, you've won a lot of games. I know there was that defeat in that seven-goal thriller with Shire Hampton. But other than that, you've um, you've been doing really well in the league. What, what do you put that run of form down to?
3: At the start of the season, obviously, um, we, we lost a lot of players. Um, a few have gone to other clubs in our league, and um, we were decimated, to be honest. And it was a bit of a rebuild. And unfortunately, with a rebuild, it takes a bit of time for everyone to click. And we took um, a few ins in the in the start of the season. Brislington, Portishead, Bitton, Caincham as well. And I think the turning point was um, the Bradford game. Away at Bradford, you know, we've not gone over there with many people giving us, you know, a chance. Uh, went down to 10 men. They went down to 10 men into the second half, but we were down to 10 men for a lot of the game. And the 4-3 win was probably the, the catalyst of moving us moving us on and then since Bradford yeah we've had a a little bit of a resurgence in uh, September so yeah things going well but it's only one step at a time as they say
0: Now that's right I mean one of the questions I was going to ask you is about you know how come you had that difficult start to the season but I think actually I mean that's a testament to you, Jason, because I know other clubs that uh, over the recent seasons have had, you know, rebuilding jobs at the start of a season, and they don't normally shake it off this this early before Christmas. So um, you've obviously done some, you know, you've done you've done some good business in that time.
3: Well, we've um, we've got some good lads in, and that's that's the thing, and it's a testament to them as well, because like I said, it takes a bit of time for a team to click together, especially. I think we were left with three players from last season, so to try and get them all to gel together is um, is a testament to them, to be honest. And like I said, we we took a few items along the way, and like I say I think people were looking because I think by end of end of August I think we'd only had three points, something like that. So we were we were sort of right down in the in the mire, and trying to get players into a team that you're struggling is, as you know, is a it's a hard task, but we've um, done well. And Clive, my assistant, we've, we've, we've non stop on the phone. And like I said, we've been, got some good lads in it at the moment. And now it's beginning to sort of show. So, yeah, fair play to them all.
0: No, that is, it's good to hear that. I mean, you mentioned in that run of difficult results, you've you have, you know you've played the likes of Bitten and Brislington. You've also played Wing Canton and Portishead. Um, uh, you've played some of the top sides in the division. I mean, which which teams have impressed you the most?
3: Obviously, at the start of the season, like I so said, we didn't have um, a very good team altogether. Like I so said, we were still building. But the Portishead lads and um, fair play to kai for down there have done a fantastic job. Um, hence why they're top of the league. They've... Uh, done some good recruiting they got some good players down there and you know fair play to them they're you know they're top side Brislington, as you know they're they're always going to be strong they give us a a right going over at home and Bitten they recruited well in their close season so fair play to Bitten the the harsh one was the and they 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 shot shot me to be honest but was Kensham because they was right down at the bottom with us and I thought you know we could go over there I know the three G's always a a Difficult surface to play on, but they actually scored us that night and uh, thirdly, deserved a 7 2 win.
0: Now, normally, of course, one of the questions I ask managers early in the season is, What were your expectations going into this season? But given everything that you've um, you've said, obviously, the rebuilding work was the priority, so now it looks like the dust has settled. What's a good season for Odd Down?
3: Like you said, from the, the difficult start we had, um. The knives were, like I said, the noise were getting sharpened in, in my back by uh, sort of end of August. Um, with our resurgence, where would I look us to be end of season? Back to last year, I think 14th, which was a very disappointing finish for us from where we were earlier on in the season and going into the turn of the year. So for me, if I could beat that from last year, that would be a very good season for me, definitely, and for the club.
0: I think the fact that you finished in 14th last season tells a story in of itself, doesn't it? About how strong the first division um, has become, and it feels to me like it's not become any weaker this season. If anything, perhaps it's stronger. I mean, I don't know. Do you have a feeling for that? When you know, when the sides that you're coming up against, what do you make of the standard this season?
3: Well, oh, I think you're you're dead right there, and um, I think we spoke last time about this. Um, obviously. The league above is, you know, everybody wants to be in that league above because that's the the Premier. Um, but the the travelling is a, a massive issue for a lot of clubs and for players as well, obviously for families and things like that. So I can see why players are dropping down to the the first division. And it, you're right, it is definitely making it stronger. And there is some there is some quality lads out there who should be playing higher, but obviously for circumstances are playing in our level so yeah it's, it's, I think it's very strong this league this year
0: well one of the sides a bit like yourselves that have turned their season around is Hallen under Carl Bagley um, you've got them on Saturday that's going to be away from home and that's going to be a really stiff test for you isn't it
3: oh it sure is yeah like I said I, I, I don't please say, but we do we take one game at a time and yes we're on a little bit of a run at the moment but I never take anything for granted and like I said Hallen is a lovely surface down there as well. And they're obviously a good footballing inside. I think he's just come back because he was at Bridgewater, if I'm right. I think he was the assistant at Bridgewater. So obviously they're going to bring a few players, obviously on loan from them as well, I'd imagine. So yeah, it, it, it's going to be a tough game, but looking forward to it.
0: And my thanks to Jason for his time. Uh, now we never get tired of talking about Portis head on the Tour Station <laughs> Western League podcast. Um, Unfortunately, um, for Bishop Sutton, we always seem to be talking about them as well for the wrong Mm. reasons. I I think really the best way to talk about this game, Tom, is um, reflecting on um, an incredible attendance that Portishead Mm. achieved. Again, people who follow um, Portishead on social media will know that this game had been targeted by the club. They wanted to get a a record attendance and they achieved that, didn't they? As well as some real fireworks on the pitch as well.
1: Absolutely, yes. So, uh, as you say, the uh, the record home crowd for them uh, in a league game of 461 uh, took in the took in the game on the weekend, uh, having beaten the same side uh, pretty recently and and pretty resoundingly. As you say, there's uh, a good product on the field at the moment for these portshead fans to go out and see. And uh, yeah, that was uh, definitely the case again on Saturday afternoon—a six-nil win for uh for the for the home side who moved back ahead of uh Radstock and, and took top spot. I know we're gonna touch on the tables later so we can see how tight it is at the top. But yeah Portishead, head uh a six nil win for them. Uh and it was uh Callum Townsend, uh his header. All that separate the sides at the uh, at the half time. So Bishop's doing well to stay in the game at that point. But then uh, yeah, Portishead head obviously wheeled on by the uh uh, the decent, uh, well, the big crowd, and uh, yeah, it was Ben Griffiths uh, who was uh, on hand early in the second half to to make it two-nil, and from that point the the floodgates opened a little bit. Uh, Townsend scoring a second uh, to to make it three-nil, and then it was a couple of uh, couple of late goals from Jack Harper and also Alex O'Keefe who rounded out the scoring, uh, and that was a yeah pretty special afternoon for all involved. Uh, a six-nil win for Porter's Head over Bishop Sutton.
0: Excellent stuff. And finally, we wrap up our first division roundup at Warminster Town. Another pretty healthy gate, 155. Mm. That's not bad. The visitors were bitten and the visitors would have gone home happy. They will. And this, yeah, it was a pretty, pretty
1: tight affair. Uh, Not much separating the sides. And it was bitten who, as you say, came out on top eventually. A 2-1 win for them. Uh, George Lloyd uh, giving them the lead after only 10 minutes. And uh, yeah, that was uh, it, it stayed that way for for much of the afternoon. In fact, uh, Tyler Gain uh, leveling for Warminster to midway through the second half, so that made it made it one apiece, as I say. Uh, but uh, yeah, Bitten coming straight back, uh, straight back out of their host Scott Gregory uh, t- scoring what turned out to be the winner, and that was just a couple of moments after Gain had equalised. So uh, good stuff from Bitten to to react well from uh, conceding, and uh, as I say, they held on and uh, grabbed their 11th league win of the season. So uh, good stuff from Bitten away at Warminster.
0: Now the upcoming fixtures, um, particularly those on Saturday the twenty-first of October, are dominated by the FA Vars, the first round of the mm-hmm. FA Vars. Uh, uh, so I'll quickly run you through the games with Western League interest. There, Barnstable Town, they're at home to Oakhampton Argyle. Um, Falmouth Town, they travelled to Fareham Town, conquerors of Welton Rovers. When I uh, watch their game in the vars earlier this season helston athletic they take on long levens they're at home and um, well city they travel to laverstock and ford uh, Longwell Green Sports, they welcome Dobwalls AFC. Z and Tickenham welcome Mangetsfield United. An all-tour station Western League clash between Saltash United and Portishead Town. And finally, Torpoint Athletic, there at home to Portland United. Um, but if we turn our attention to our Premier D- Division fixtures on Saturday, Tom, what game has caught your eye? I've gone for,
1: so there's only three, but uh, I've gone for for Clevedon versus Wellington. Uh, I think the home side are going under the radar a little bit. Uh, They've won seven of ten, so something's going right there. Uh, And they've only conceded six league goals from those ten games, so uh, they've got the best defence in the league. Uh, Obviously, Wellington uh, at the the wrong end of the table, so it'll be a tough afternoon for them, but yeah, Clevedon uh, if they can you know, obviously take advantage of uh, the sides playing in the in the in the cup, and uh, yeah, grab grab the three points, it's uh, going to look even rosier for them in the league table. So,
0: uh, a good good opportunity for for Clevedon to add to their uh, excellent start. Now, my plum tie is Shepton Mallet. Of course, they had that fantastic win away at Falmouth. Can they build on it? Well, they'll have real stiff opposition in the form of Buckland Athletic. Uh, I think that will be a highly competitive game. Too close to call, I'd say, but I reckon it'll be a fantastic afternoon of football at Shepton. So I'd well recommend that one for anybody looking for a game. And uh, if we take a look into the First Division, Tom, what games caught your eye there? Yeah, I've gone for, for Radstock Cheddar uh, with obviously...
1: Uh, this uh, Port was Head, as you mentioned uh, in the in the vase. so uh, Radstock are going to have another opportunity to 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 retake top spot. Uh, neither in uh, action during the midweek, so uh, yeah, I think it's another uh, another tantalising tie for Radstock to see if they can uh, maintain their strong form against Cheddar, who will be yeah smarting a little bit after a tough afternoon against to stopped down on Saturday.
0: Well, we've, we find ourselves in a very bizarre situation, Tom, where, where you're the one plugging Radstock and I'm going to be the one pl- plugging Odd Down. I love it. Um, I love it. Odd Down, I mean, you <laughs> mentioned yourself earlier in the podcast about the great run of form that they've mm. been on. Um, well, they're going to need to continue that because Hallen are undergoing a bit of a revolution under Carl Baggerly. They're a, a, a very difficult side to beat, so it will be a real test of Odd Down's um, current Purple patch to see whether they can continue winning ways away at Halland. That will be a good game to watch, I'm sure. Now, we'll have a quick look at the league tables before we leave you listeners. And um, Tom, do you want to take us through the runners and riders at the top of our Premier Division? Yeah, let's do it. So uh, we've got Helston uh,
1: who are in top spot at the moment. 11 games played from them. Uh, They've won eight of those. Uh, they're on 25 points, and they've got the best goal difference by uh, quite a considerable margin. So a good start from Helston, another big win from them on the weekend. Uh, we've got Brixham. Uh, then, uh, yeah, as we touched on them, they're riding that big winning streak at the moment. They've played 13, so that is the most in the in the division, but they've won seven, so they're going, going great guns, and they're on 24 points. So that's one back from Helston. And also on 24, uh, Clevedon, uh, who I just mentioned there in, in, the, in the fixture I'm looking forward to. They've played 10, so that's three less than uh, Brixham. Uh, And they have uh, won seven as well. They're also on 24 points and they are still unbeaten this term. So uh, brilliant stuff from the Seasiders. Uh, And then in fourth, we've got Falmouth, who are a further point back uh, on 23 points from 11 games. Uh, And Bridgewater, who are are in fifth, but they've only played nine matches. So a couple in in hand on most teams above them. Uh, They've played nine, as I say, won seven uh 22 points and just one defeat uh we also should mention barnes i know they if you looked at the table you'd think, oh they're down in seventh but only played nine they've won five uh, 19 points and they are unbeaten as well so uh, yeah lots of movement to be had i mean the top half are separated by just seven points uh so i pff, to predict that uh how this is going to pan out i i'm not sure i could to be honest i think even looking down at sort of uh, Ilfracombe and, and Nailsy and Tickenham uh, bottom half. Uh, I I couldn't rule them out having a run and being towards the top very soon. So, uh, but uh, that's how it stands at the moment.
0: It's grim reading for Millbrook, um, 10 games played, hmm. they're still to register their first points of the season. Wellington, they've played 11, they've got six points, the same as Oldland Abertonians, who've played a game more. And then Saltash United, um, they've played 12, they've got two wins, they've got eight points on the board, one less than Welton Rovers, who are in 14th, they've played 12 and they've got nine. So that is the foot of our Premier Division. Uh, and um, tell us all about the uh, well, the enthralling race mm. that's going on at the top of our first <laughs> division, Tom.
1: Absolutely, yeah. So we do have those those two sides that seem to be uh, switching spots every now and then. But and unlike the uh, the Premier Division, it's pretty good in the first division where we've got not much discrepancy between the amount of fixtures played. So it's uh, a little bit more uh, clear cut as to how how things are going. Uh, but at the moment, after eighteen matches for most sides. Uh, we've got Porter's Head leading the way. 14 wins for them. Uh, just one defeat. Goal difference of 44, which is, is tops in the division. And they're on 45 points. So uh, yeah, going great guns at the moment. They suddenly, uh, c- sorry, c- currently sit top of the table. Uh, you've then got Radstock in the second, as we've as we've been touching on. Also played 18, also 114, 14. Uh, and they're on 43 points. So two back from Porter's Head. Uh, you've then got Brislington and Bitten, who've got a game in hand on the top two. They've both played 17 apiece. And Brislington are in third on 38 points and Bitten a further, further couple of points back on 36. Uh, and then you've got Canton, who've definitely been at the races this 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 season. 18 games played,
0: 10 wins uh, on 34 points. So, uh, yeah, that's the top five in in the uh, the first division at the moment. And at the bottom... Um, Bishop Sutton um, currently in 22nd place. They've got one point and uh, there's already quite a gap between them and Cheddar who are in 21st and they've got 10 points from their 16 games played. Canesham who are in 20th, they've only played 13 matches. So um, theirs may well be a force position if they can um, start to improve their form and um, Gillingham proving how important a win can be. Gillingham now in Mm. 19th position and that win at the weekend um, has um, has has taken them um, from twenty first up to uh, uh, up to nineteenth. So uh, that just goes to show how you know what what can change when a couple of um, uh, when you get a couple of back to back results. So that's the foot of our first division table. Um, Tom, as we always do, of course we are reviewing your excellent bulletin. Where can the listeners find that? Ooh, yeah, that is
1: on the uh, the Toolstation League uh, official website. So toolstationleague.com. Uh, you then go to the homepage. And uh, you scroll down a little bit, and it's uh, it's on the left-hand side. If you click on that,
0: uh, there's a big uh, uh, news bar, and that will uh, take you to the latest bulletin. That comes out every week. Excellent stuff, Tom. Um, thank you so much for your time, as always. And I look forward to catching up with you on next week's Tool Station Westernly podcast.